Amen. Thank you again for joining me for Rev Kev and the Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. I ask that you would anoint me to speak your word, Lord, and not my own thoughts, but to speak from the throne of God. And Father, you said, if any man speaks, let him speak as it is the oracles of God. That's man or woman. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, for each and every blessing that you have bestowed upon my life, my family, Lord, and also those that are listening. And Father, I pray that you would help those that are dealing with COVID-19, Lord, that you would heal their bodies. Lord, those that are, have lost loved ones, that you would heal their hurts, their hearts. Father, we don't understand everything about life, but Lord, we know that you do. And so, Father, we trust you, Lord, with our lives. Even as your son said in his dying breaths, when he said, before he was resurrected again, when he died on the cross, he said, into thy hand, I commit my spirit. And so, Lord, we commit our spirits, we commit our bodies, we commit our souls to you because they belong to you anyway. So, Father, I just pray that you speak forth your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We This uh, podcast is entitled uh, uh, Rev Kev and the Root, uh, getting to the root and not just to shoot. We don't want to just look at the manifest parts of human behavior. Uh, but we want to look at the root causes of that particular behavior. And so the podcast episode uh, is entitled uh, Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind. Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind. Trichotomy being a three-part uh, being. And we all know that we're body, soul, and spirit. We're not just one, but we're body, soul, and spirit. Also, we live in this, what we call natural realm, but yet there, uh, there is spirit all around us. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, Paul, the apostle said that we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. So there are things that are tangible, touchable, and there are also things that are not touchable with the natural man, but is uh, can be entered into in the spirit. And uh, we also understand uh, from the book of Hebrews, is chapter 11, uh, beginning with verse 1, or really verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, uh, says uh, in the version that I'm reading right now, uh, which is the complete uh, Jewish Bible, trusting is being confident of what we hope for, uh, convinced about things we do not see. It is, or it was for this that uh, the scripture attested the merit of the people of old. By trusting, we understand that the universe was created through a spoken word of God, so that what uh, what is seen did not come into being out of existing phenomenon. Let me read that again. He's in verse three of uh, Hebrews chapter eleven. Is actually verse one through three of Hebrews chapter eleven. He says, "By trusting, we understand, or by faith, we understand that the universe was created through a spoken word of God." 
he spoke the universe into existence so that what is seen, the tangible things, the touchable things did not come into being out of existing phenomena or out of the things which are now seen. So the things which are seen came from in, from things which are unseen. So really the unseen is more real than what is seen because all of this, the world, the trees, the rocks, the stars, the moon, the sun, you and I, uh, uh, all what we were made from, the dust of the ground, all came out of a place of spirit. All those things came out of a place of spirit. Now, before we go any further, let me read our, our verse, uh, our foundational verse, which is found in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse 11. It says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. They're difficult for us to convey. They're difficult for us to uh, uh, to articulate. They're difficult because of the recipient. They're not difficult because of the person who is saying those words or sharing those words, but they're difficult because of the, the ability of the recipient to receive those things. Did you hear what I said? The things that this writer is talking about is not difficult to articulate in and of itself but because of the ability of the ones, to, the hearers or the audience, because of their ability to receive it, it makes it difficult to tell them something because they can't, they don't have the capacity or the ability to receive it within themselves. He says, uh, seeing that they're uh, hard to be uttered, seeing that ye are dull of hearing. Uh, so, let me just go on. Verse 12, for when for the time uh, ye ought to be teachers, you've been in this long enough. You've been in the Lord long enough. You've been in faith long enough where now you ought to be not only hearing what is taught, but you ought to be teaching others. He says, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Babies can't eat strong meat. They can't eat solid food. They need milk. They need baby food, something that's broken down where they can eat it, where they can chew it uh, uh, and, you know, consume it. He says, and not strong meat, solid food, which is what strong meat means, solid food. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe or a baby. He or she is a babe or a baby. He's not just talking to the males, but he's talking to the females also. But strong meat or solid food belong to them that are of full age. Full age means mature or full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They have their senses exercised. We've already talked in, in previous podcasts about exercise and, and going into the gym and how the Greek word for gymnasium is the same word where there where it talks about having our senses exercised. That word is gymnazo, where we get our Greek, our uh, English word gymnasium gymnasium from i was kind of debating on which way to start off today on this podcast but 
as I was reading and studying in uh, Hebrews, those of you that have your Bibles and, and would like to turn there, uh, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse beginning with verse 16 and going into Hebrews chapter 4, it says in Hebrews chapter 3, uh, beginning with verse 16, who were the people who, after they heard, quarreled so bitterly? Who were they? Who were these people that, after they had heard, quarreled so bitterly? All those whom Moshe, or as our English has it, Moses, brought out of Egypt, and with whom was God disgusted? Who were they that he was disgusted with for 40 years? Those who sinned, yes, they fell dead in the wilderness. And to whom was it that he swore that they would not enter his rest? It's important that we know who this record is talking about. Who were these people? Who were the ones who quarreled so bitterly? Who were the ones that God was disgusted with? Who were the ones who fell in the wilderness? Because the Bible says that the, the former covenant or the Old Testament is a type and a shadow. And the Bible also says that these things were written for our learning and our admonition that we might learn from their examples, whether we learn what to do and, or whether we learn what not to do. In Hebrews chapter three, verse 18, it says, and to whom was it that he, God, swore that they would not enter into his rest? Those who were disobedient. So uh, he says, so we see that they were unable to enter because of lack of trust. This is why they were unable to enter because of lack of trust. And so... Um, we, we learn what not to do from them. We learn we should not quarrel with God or with his his, his true leaders. Uh, we should not, uh, you know, uh, sin. Uh, and also, uh, we should not murmur and complain. But however, let's go on into Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. It says, therefore, let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of entering his rest, talking about the promised land, how God promised the children of Israel that he would provide a land for them. Uh, and the children of Israel were not a nation at one time, but they became a nation. And the, and, and, and the children of Israel were a composite of not just uh, the Hebrews, but they also uh, had uh, African blood there, in which all men were made out of one blood. But they also had African people in the people of Israel, which when Joseph, for proof for those who, who, of you who would refute that, when Joseph went down into Egypt, was sold down into Egypt by his brothers, uh, he had uh, offspring from with an Egyptian woman. And one of the children's name was Ephraim, and the other child name was Manasseh. So it was Ephraim and the half tribe of Manasseh. And so um, he says, therefore, let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of entering his rest remains, any one of you might be judged to have fallen short of it. For good news has also been proclaimed to us 
just as it was to them, the gospel. But the message they heard, now listen at this, the message that they heard, this is another lesson for you and I as we travel through the wilderness with the children of Israel as one of the children of Israel, because that's how we want to take this journey with them as one of them. He says, but the message they heard didn't do them any good because those who heard it did not combine it with trust. For it is we who have trusted who enter the rest. It is just as he said. And in my anger, I swore that they would not enter my rest. He swore this even though his works have been in existence since the foundation or the founding of the universe. For there is a place where it is said concerning the seventh day. He's talking about the book of Genesis or the book of Barashit. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And once more, our present text says, they will not enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter it, and those who received the good news earlier did not enter, he again fixes a certain day today saying through David so long afterwards in the text already given, Today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your hearts. For if Yehoshua or Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later of another day. So there remains a Sabbath or a Shabbat keeping for God's people. For the one who has entered God's rest has also rested from his own works as God did from his. Therefore, let us do our best to enter that rest so that no one will fall short because of the same kind of disobedience, because of the same kind of disobedience. Now listen, please. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, this or let me make sure that's uh yes chapter 4 verse 12 he says see the word of god is alive it is at work and is sharper than any double-edged sword it cuts right through to where soul meets spirit and joints meet marrow and it is quick to judge the inner reflections and attitudes of the heart before God. Nothing created is hidden. Before God, nothing created is hidden, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account, give account of ourselves. Who we? God is who we have to answer to. Uh, therefore, since we have a great Kohen, uh, Kohen Gadol, uh, high priest, in other words, who has passed through uh, to the highest heaven, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we acknowledge as true, for we do not have a Kohen Gadol or high priest unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, since in every respect he was tempted just as we are, the only difference being that he did not sin. 
Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne uh, from which God gives grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. And so he tells us that the uh, that God brought the children of, uh, of Jacob or ya Yaakov or Israel out of Egypt, out of Mizraim. He brought them out of there to bring them into their own land. But before they got there, they had to go through a process. God could have brought them the way of the Philistines. But he said, unless they see war and change their mind and want to go back to Egypt, I'm going to bring them about another way. But that other way brought them through uh, uh, many different stations and where they stopped at uh, and where they had different challenges. And one of those uh, places after they left Ramses uh, was Succoth, and that's where they built uh, 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 booths. And, <clears throat> and there they stayed for a little while in Succoth. And then they moved on and they, and they camped between, uh, or before Pi-Hahirot, between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-Zephon. But let me say this before I go on with that, is that even though God spared them from war at that particular time, because he said that they may change their mind and want to go back to Mizraim or to Egypt, uh, doesn't mean that they were not going to have to fight some battles in the future. God knows when we're ready to fight, and we're we're not ready to fight. And so he considers all of that. God sees the journey and he knows what's in us and he knows what we would have to deal with. And so he knows how to maneuver our lives, you see. And that's why it's best to let God lead our steps and not try to lead our own. But however, and then they went after they uh, finished camping by the sea, they went uh, to through the sea and they went to Elam. And that's what we talked about last time, where God fed them with manna from on high. They, in other words, the children of Israel begin to quarrel with Moses and with uh, uh, Aharon or Aaron and saying, you know, we don't have anything to eat. Give us something to eat. Uh, and Elam, really, when you begin to look at the Hebrew word Elam or look at the word Elam in Hebrew, uh, as I said before, to understand a Hebrew word, you need to go to the root of that word. And in the root of that particular word, you will find the definition of that word. Uh, but the word Elam, when you go into the root of that word and go all the way as far as you can into the root, because one root is uh, may lead somewhere else. But however, uh, this particular word Elam means belly. And so God was dealing with the appetites of the children of Yaakov or Jacob or Israel. In Elam, he was dealing with their belly. Now, remember, I said that every place that they went was significant. Also, every place that God brings us to in our lives is significant. And we need to know the name of the place that God has us in because in the name of the place will tell you what the experience is of that place. You understand what I'm saying? So in the name Elam, we find the root belly or the, the root definition means belly. And so we find out that in that particular place that God was dealing with their appetites. Now, let me say this also, that before we were 
born again or before we were converted, we didn't worry about appetite. If we had an appetite for women, that's what we did. If we had an appetite for food, that's what we did. If we had an appetite for drugs, that's what we did or whatever, whatever the appetite, particular appetite was. Uh, but since being born again, being converted, being changed, being redeemed, now we have to take into account and we, we can't allow our appetites to override the will of God. It's no longer my will, but it's his will. Remember, Jesus said that when he was uh, battling with himself in the garden and he said, Father, not as I will, as but as you will, let this cup pass from me. My flesh wants one thing. And we will, we will, we will battle with that the whole time we're here on earth. I promise you that, you know, as a spiritual person and going into spiritual things and having our spiritual eyes open, because this podcast is talking about uh, uh, the, the trichotomy of man uh, and this, the, uh, you know, our senses. And right now we're talking about the sense of sight. But we have to realize that to be spiritual and to enter into the uh, spiritual arena, we have to get the flesh under control and we have to learn how to govern ourselves we matter of fact one of the fruits of the spirit is self control and we find out that they wanted the, the manna they wanted and god said look i'm going to give you manna in the morning i'm going to give you quail in the evening i'm going to give so give you so much of it till it's going to run out of your noses you see but one of the things is self control as Galatians um, talks about, let me just read this, uh, this uh, passages of scripture in Galatians chapter five, beginning with verse 16 in the King James version. This I say then, this is Paul talking to the church at Galatia. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. There's a war going on. There's a battle going on for the, for the, flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other did you hear what i said these are contrary the one to the other in other words there is no spiritual flesh you see i don't care how dressed up we get on 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 shabbat or how dressed up we get on you know whatever day we go to church or what have you there is no spiritual flesh Please believe me, there is no spiritual flesh. Excuse me. Uh, he said, for the flesh, uh, for the spirit, uh, walk, work, uh, lusted against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. The flesh and these are contrary. Listen, the flesh and the spirit are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would there is no middle ground either we're going to go the way of the flesh like we have all of us have in different times or we're going to go the way of the spirit and what i mean the way the way that the pull whatever pull it is that's the direction that we're going to go in either we're going to go in the direction of the flesh or we're going to go in the direction of the spirit which one are we being directed by but if ye be led of the spirit, this is what Paul says, but if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. There is still a law, but you're not trying to keep the law in your own flesh. Please do not 
mix up the scriptures, there is always a law. There is always spiritual laws. There is always laws of the land and things like that. But what he says, you are not under the law. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not uh, trying to keep it in your own strength. You're not bound to keep it in your own strength. Just as he said in Romans, for what the flesh could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, the spirit did uh, uh, in us. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, but, conjunction, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. But the, the one of the key things that we're talking about right now is self-control. So in Galatians chapter five, verse 23, he said that's the second uh, uh, fruit that he, uh, well, it's not the second fruit that he mentions, but it's the second fruit in that verse. Verse 23 uh, is temperance, which means self-control. And so there is a responsibility for a spiritual person, those who want to be spiritual, that we have to control our flesh. Now, when he says the fruit of the spirit, if I say to you that there is a orange uh, fruit on that stand over there or oranges on, uh, on that stand or that display over there, then quite naturally, they didn't just come here on their own. But there was a tree that they came off of and that tree produced those fruit. And so he says that this is self-control is a fruit of the spirit. So that means that that self-control had to be produced by something. And that something, not really something, but someone is the Holy Spirit because he's not a thing. He's a person. He's a him. So that fruit of self-control was produced by the spirit. And this was one of the things that held the children of Israel back so much and holds us back as we take this journey with them as one of them is, the, is that, that thing of controlling our desires, controlling our flesh. Remember, we can't be spiritual and physical or fleshly at the same time. It just does not work that way. And that's why God during Elam he said, look, I'm going to give you manna and I'm going to give you quail. So he said, I'm going to test them to see if they're going to obey what I tell them or if they're going to go overboard with it. He said, pick up 
for yourself, what you need every day for you and anyone in your tent. Just that. Don't go overboard with it. Don't get more than what you need or anything like that. And so uh, some of them didn't listen and some of them gathered more than what they needed. He's, and another thing he said, he said, eat for today what you pick up today. Don't save it until tomorrow. They didn't listen. They saved it anyway. And it bred worms. It began to produce worms. And so God was teaching them something about appetite, you see. But as I said before, that the, the Bible, uh, the word of God, the Torah in the New Testament is uh, an internal book. We just read a little bit earlier that the word that they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. It also says that the word of God is quick, alive, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to a descender of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And so God looks at the internal intents of the heart. That is what he is interested in. And so I'm so glad that, you know, God uh, gave us this account of the children of Israel and the things that they went through uh, so that we could take this journey with them and understand what the pitfalls were and, you know, what the uh, what the problems were and what some of the good things were. But here in Numbers chapter 33, I want to read you this. Uh, I was talking some time ago about charting our course, uh, you know, our journeys with the children of Israel. But in Numbers chapter 33, uh, beginning with verse one, it said, these are the journeys of the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt.